0: What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into the podcast, just want to remind you to check out my band, Run With It, at Run With It Band. That's at Run With It Band. All the places you follow people at, or you can connect with us at RunWithItBand.net. That's RunWithItBand.net. And now for today's podcast. Today's guest is Jamie Rowan. Jamie is the guitarist and songwriter and producer for the band Stray Local. Stray Local is the husband and wife indie alt pop duo of Hannah and Jamie Rowan based in Raleigh, North Carolina. The pair performs a bouquet of indie sounds punctuated by powerful vocal melodies, catchy guitar riffs, and vibey synths woven together with hints of their folk beginnings and pop sensibilities. When the couple is not riding or performing at Stray Local, they are running the roads and trails along their tour route, competing in 5Ks through marathons and even obstacle course races. They launched the Stray Local Track Club to inspire healthy living and an active lifestyle and love partnering with local run clubs throughout the country. And in today's episode, Jamie shares how he and his wife Hannah made authentic connections with fans on tour through running clubs and official races. We also talk a ton of music business and strategy and the struggling of focusing on the art while building the machine of the business. Up and coming artists, there is a lot to learn from this insight, uh, from the insight that Jamie brings in this episode. Enjoy.
1: The Live and Create Podcast. with um, Mike with the t-shirts matter we've been doing live streaming um, and we're trying on doing it on Twitch uh, like Mondays and Thursdays Um, and like the consistency with Twitch is like really important just because they right people are there and like we're trying to build it you know and getting these certain people that come in like obviously we have not many followers yet but it's like it's such an interesting culture and like you know atmosphere on Twitch it's so different it's really really interesting
0: I've not been on it what's the what are some of the uniqueness like kind of the nuances there
1: well we've like the chatting and talking is a lot more like um what's the word like right like immediately you you're chatting with them. Like if you're chatting in a like Facebook live or YouTube or whatnot, it's like people will kind of talk and they'll like maybe clap once you're finished a song and then, um, you know, there'll be a pause or whatnot. But with Twitch, it's like people are talking all the time and like with people that are really good at it, when, when I'm watching and just kind of learning, they'll be in the middle of a song and they'll be talking to the person that's like in the chat. So, and it's funny, like you might be like, why you're playing a song? Why are you like talking in the middle of it? So we decided pretty quickly, like, okay, we need to do Twitch needs to be a completely separate live stream. Right. Um, You know, like you can do multiple streams at the same time with like restream or stream yards, like what Mike used. And like, it's nice. The idea that's really nice to just be one fell swoop, like everything together, have all all platforms and like YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, that works fine because it's all, you know, all the chat is in one avenue and you can see everything and respond in a timely manner. But with Twitch, like if you're not there and like chatting and like people are there to socialize, like it's like a social thing. And you happen to play music too. So it's just been, it's been fun. And it's nice that like Hannah and I are there playing together because we can kind of chat with each other. I think it'd probably be hard to be like a a solo artist, you know, just like keeping up with it if you're not like super social or like enjoy that. (laughs) Right. To
0: where at least you guys can kind of banter off each other and kind of build off of that. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, definitely. It it actually sounds really, really fun. I know for us, social media has always just been about like that engagement and that connection with people. So Mm -hmm. that's and I notice uh, Brendan Urie is probably one of my favorite vocalists, and I notice he does a lot of Twitch. I always see people screenshotting stuff, and it'll be it looks like he's up at like two in the morning or something, you know, playing video games and just talking to fans, which that's really cool. And you
1: guys have been doing that about a
0: month then, roughly.
1: Yeah, I mean we we were doing it at the beginning of the pandemic, not on Twitch. Um, and then it's just, everything got oversaturated and it, you know, it's like everyone
0: was, streaming. we should. We,
1: oh, I know. Yeah. And our one friend in, um, in Wilmington, he kept going. He never stopped. And mm-hmm. he's on episode like a hundred and close to 150.
0: I love He that. might even be
1: over 150. And, he doesn't have to really play many gigs anymore because he's like, you know, got patrons because on Patreon through the live stream, built that yeah. up, gets tips on live streams. And and like, you know, he's, you know, in his like, I'm not quite sure how old he is, but he's been doing this for a super long time. And like he was at the beginning of all the changes, social media, Spotify, everything, you know he wasn't, he wasn't even on Spotify. He was, he was like, I'm not putting my music on God, you know, pro, the protesting <laughs> like in the very beginning, like, right. You know, seven years ago, or whatever, like, Oh, I'm still going to do CDs and whatnot. And he just made this unbelievable, unbelievable, awesome transition, you know, from, from the pandemic and like totally changed his career trajectory and everything. And it's like, so cool to see That's Like amazing. he just, And what's his name? Travis Shallow. Travis Shallow. And what's
0: for Twitch? And so, like, I'm really dumb. I've never been on Twitch at all, so I have no idea about it. Is there like a handle, kind of like Instagram or something? Like, if they wanted to follow him?
1: Yeah. You know what's funny? He actually he is not doing Twitch because Twitch is like even newer than the pandemic for musicians, at least. I mean, it's been it's like a gaming platform, so it's huge i don't know it's probably been like going brendan urie always seemed I,
0: like he was playing video games you know and just yeah doing the shit with his fans so
1: yep so he really honed in on you facebook and and youtube and okay. a lot of his fans are there so he somehow you know getting essentially it's like getting the patreon stuff that really gives you a solid like income and he is thinking about twitch but now it's interesting talking we kind of we shoot ideas back and forth and just help each other and he helps us a lot with like this audio question stuff right. so yeah basic thing he's not on twitch as much he is going on live but not really he's like uh, that is again another thing that he's not going to focus on right now but he um travis shallow he's on instagram and Um, Facebook and and YouTube and a lot of times he'll repurpose um, all of this like content which is what we learned from him when you you you, you know you go live you make video Mm -hmm. and the whole stream is is recorded you can then repurpose that for your content right and then for that whole every week now you have a new song you can post you have a little cover like social media happens so quickly so it's like Hell, yeah all right now after this live stream that was three hours long two hours long let's take this clip and you know make that really good content for the whole that's week brilliant. and then it happens again next week so that's that was a nice like aha moment because it's always like you said with social media it's always hard to f- figure out what content like what do people care about like With the algorithms, you know, post you you want, like the one post you want people to actually see, like your show or your new album release, no one sees it, you know, because it's like, (laughs) yeah, it's either the algorithm, you know, it's just, it's so hard.
0: Yeah, and then if I post a picture of like our drummer taking a nap on the couch in the studio, then it gets a bunch of likes. It's like, okay, what what the hell's happening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I is, know it's such an interesting world. I love that though, leveraging the things you're already doing, you know. And that's for us. We we started like bringing camera people or just setting up cameras for almost every everything we do, whether it's a v- video shoot, whether we're in the studio writing or working, and like because it's like we find all this. Uh, well, Gary V is a a friend uh, not a friend i wish he was a friend of mine um he's i'm a fan of yeah yeah. and uh, he talks about macro content and micro content and that's kind of where we pulled that from where it's like like you said you got two hours of great things that you could just splice up now and and throw it out in different ways engaging engaging ways so and that's exactly we've been we've been on TikTok trying to learn that world uh we just we just hit back up uh beginning of january and uh, so we, we took a several like few year break, excuse me. And before like TikTok didn't exist um, before the band ended. And so now we're really trying to learn that world. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. The mm-hmm. Twitch thing sounds really cool though. I love that idea of engaging with your fans and kudos to you guys for keeping the consistency and really finding the value in that. I love that.
1: I hope, I hope. Cause there's a lot more tipping culture on um, Twitch as well. And they're like, subscribers too so um a lot of times they'll they have their own like twitch bits which are like the money you know they have like their their monetary thing (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) so like people will throw around uh bits to tip they'll you know give you subscriptions and you get you know money from that and it's just so much more that culture too, you know, and that's where a lot of people can make a living just on Twitch, but then you add on top of that, even the gamers, they'll have their Patreon, you know, and and then you make merch. And so it's like, we're not going, we're not going away from that is all I know is that like, regardless of if it's Twitch or if it's another platform, you know, like for career longevity and with the pandemic you know like the reason that we kept doing it after mike's t-shirts matter um rockstar event was because we had a whole tour booked after that in january and it all got canceled because of Omicron. yeah it's, so it's, it's spiking like up we were just everybody
0: like, was canceling it's crazy
1: yeah so i just was like you know we said we have to we just have to get online and we have to build this you know build this momentum and you know it's it's hard because you got to be you got to be on it all the time and like you got to interact with everybody so it takes a lot of work but you know i think with you know like facebook doing like the metaverse and all this stuff it's you know whether i like it or not it's happening you know and (laughs) um it's crazy it's a crazy world well and our for us as a band we
0: have these goals of establishing ourselves in the licensing nft and metaverse spaces and it really stemmed from uh, it was a lot of conversations and research but then uh i they brought on there's there's a podcast i love called market watch and it it goes through like the economy and what's happening every day kind of deal um and they brought on a music producer and I wish I could remember the person's name. I cannot for the life of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to go back and look at it. But essentially he said if you if you don't understand blockchain, if you don't understand NFTs and like the metaverse world, all this, as an artist, in the next five years, you're gonna be obsolete because that's where everything mm-hmm. is going. And this is someone who is like established in making their living off the current model. Yeah, uh, has <laughs> no reason to even say that. Uh but But yeah, so we're like, okay, we got to commit ourselves to learn this, uh, learn these spaces. They're all kind of interlinked in in a way,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, but that's really cool. And it seems like, it sounds like for you guys, the streaming during uh, COVID kind of trained you to, to go to this next level now streaming in Twitch. And I wonder if all the things you're learning now, will then one day you're going to have your own little metaverse
1: club or something and uh, it out in there. (laughs) Oh, I know. And it's funny because... Like we were, we both have music degrees and like we're performers first and foremost. And like, you know, our music degree was classical or education. So it was not like a Berkeley degree of, you know, music business. Right. So we had no training in the music business. We were great performers. We love to do that. That's why we love music, just because of music. You know, there's no... There was no, like, I want to, you know, be in the music business. It was like, I want to play music. So I am in the music business because of that. So (laughs) you're like, oh, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And like, you know, looking back or you have like regrets that you didn't learn about certain things, but like, you know, you got to move forward. So we in COVID, you know, we were sitting at home, but luckily we had gotten some recording gear like an inner like a nice interface um to record before the pandemic because we were like we need to just we need to learn how to record our own music because we weren't happy with our past you know recordings and just Mm -hmm. really having trouble communicating because we didn't know the terminology of the recording industry and all the processes of mixing and eq and dynamics all these things we just didn't understand any of it you know and like we know technique, we know theory, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was just funny realizing like, wow, we don't, we don't know how to, the the other parts of the music industry that, you know, some people like some like bedroom pop people that are making stuff and having awesome success on Spotify with their playlisting and they never play a show, you know? So it's just so interesting, the change of that. And so COVID allowed us to be like okay there's nothing else to do we have to learn how to record we had this good recording software and that was i think the the break in 2020 when we started live streaming but we didn't really connect that we could use our interface while live streaming so we just had like on instagram our iphone hooked up Mm -hmm. with like a little microphone that plugged into lightning, like a shore microphone right? that plugged into the phone. So there was no, the audio wasn't that good. And, and the, it was just not great, but we had the whole time, we had the interface sitting right there. And that's where our friend Travis shallow. <laughs> He's like, you got he, it, man. <laughs> it, yeah. And he went through his interface. He got a nice DSLR camera and it looked and sounded freaking awesome. And people kept listening and watching. And, you know, he probably had weeks where it was down and up and down and up. But you, the consistency is the most important thing with all business. You know, it's just keep mm-hmm. going. And then finally, after it took too long, you know, we're slow to learn. But we learned. now in 2022, January, we finally put two and two together after the next wave of Omicron that like, okay, yeah, we actually need... <laughs> We have all this gear. We can make our stream sound really good by going through the Apollo interface, and our our you know camera is like a 1080 picture picture, so it's not bad. Uh, but the audio is the most important thing, and so it's just like ah, wish I would have been doing this last year, but now it's you know we've learned. What I mean is you know we've learned about sound and recording so now we can actually know how to make our live stream sound good using recording software right
0: now that's brilliant and it does it it sounds like it's just each step you know helps you grow to that that other level and that's for us mm-hmm. it's like even it's like we've been trying to study 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 in the nft world and finally we're like okay we just got to pull the trigger because it's probably going to suck we're probably going to suck it up the first two three times but each one we're gonna assess, learn and grow and try it again, and try to do it better and yeah. and execute better. It sounds like you guys have been watch, walking that same process. And it's interesting too, where you say, it's like you went, I, I have my degree in music as well. And it's like, we all get into cool. it for this this love and this passion. And it's like, I wish I could just sit in my room and write songs all day <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and do that thing that we love. But then we find out there's this machine, right? That we have to step mm-hmm. into. Uh, but it's interesting because I do think <clears throat> And I feel like you it sounds like you guys are walking it out where it's like there we in a sense we can develop our own machine. You know, we can develop our own approach and our own way to do music, because, you know, before it seemed like the only option was the romantic idea of like playing for 25 bucks every single night at a different club until you can build up, you know, enough following. And it's like you do that for three years and live off ramen. And, And but now, like, it sounds like what you're doing it's like you could probably go to new venues by this time next year and have a whole set of fans just show up for you guys uh off of the connection yeah. you're making.
1: i know i know and it's just it's so interesting you know and it's that like um ability to have a whole band or just you know as we're the duo you know and so like <clears throat> going to venues and whatnot it it's hard because I feel like a lot of venues, especially like the venues that we play are not, you know, a venue that's going to be getting a great act. That's going to sell out anyway, because they're a touring well-known act. It's like the small local venues that are the heartblood of the local music scene. It's tough because like no one goes to them as much as like, maybe they used to, I don't really know, you know, but like, <clears throat> the cover charge for a local band is so hard for somebody to pay ten dollars to come see you you know five dollars but they'll right. pay 200 bucks to go see you know uh beyonce or whatever and from don't go to the even back of a stadium <laughs> yeah yeah and and it's but it's just hard because like we found more success in just with like the brewery scene that is everywhere now, all these breweries are like community centers and they also have a clientele. They have a product that people are coming to their location to consume their beer because they sell a product and people are there. And then they can offer a guarantee to the band, which is a lot higher than $25 at a venue or maybe nothing from a venue after you pay the sound guy. You know, and it's so it's hard and it's tough to say, but it's like, I don't know how these venues, any of them can stay open because who you don't have a product that someone is coming to consume because people don't care as much. Uh, I don't know if they don't care, but it's just people aren't coming to see a local band if they don't know who they are because right you know the music industry are so different you know spotify's they can listen to music all the time yes you know there's maybe the show is super late what doesn't need to be like starting like a wednesday at night nine. the last ba- band yeah. goes on at 1 a.m you're like
0: what the fuck man like
1: <laughs> yeah it's like you guys realize we don't need to start at at 10 or not yeah. like we don't have to so you know you know that life in fact it's funny because it
0: became a a few years back it became a big conversation here in Kansas City uh where we're based out of and that was the thing like so many bands are just like why why are we starting these shows at 10 on a Wednesday night like it doesn't even a Saturday night didn't make sense and yeah there's like little nuances I feel like the ones that I see the venues like the traditional venues um I put in air quotes but The ones that are doing well is that they worked on providing value by curating very well. So, like, they've Mm -hmm. curated, like, this is the place to go because you're going to see this kind of band consistently, you know. And I just – I feel like Mm -hmm. where a lot of venues miss is they just throw up a lot of things at the wall to see what sticks, but then that consistency isn't there, you know, and and people – yeah. People don't think to go out there because unless they absolutely know the band that's there, you know, and even then it gets mm-hmm. it gets to be a struggle. And it's funny you said that, too, because I, I book for a lot of other artists and we book a lot of breweries, a lot of wineries, those kind of things where, uh, yeah, it's like the value, the, the value is there for people on multiple levels where they can come see the music. They mm-hmm. they can come, you know, try these like micro brews or try these like, you know, local wines. And, and it's all packaged together and bringing value. And I think that's where yeah. people miss, you know, too often. Yeah. It's like asking, what's the value? Like, what's the value that's going to get you, get someone to come out of, like for us to come out of the suburbs, come downtown to a music venue to see our show at a 10, o'clock, 10 o'clock at night? Like, what is the value of actually presenting? Yeah, you know?
1: but yeah I, totally.
0: So you guys were touring. From what I understand, you guys were touring a bit before the whole COVID thing went yeah right yeah so and you guys it seems really interesting i i don't know a ton about it but it sounds like you were touring around also racing like doing uh Mm -hmm. like it seemed like endurance challenges and and racing and all that kind of stuff like where did that idea come together for you guys and what i i want to backtrack real quick because you're talking about how you it just hit me as I was thinking you said how you guys were like just musicians and didn't really understand the business world but I gotta be honest like just observing you guys and even in our conversation it just sounds like you guys have figured out so many creative entrepreneurial ways uh to make it happen so kudos huh. to you guys I appreciate it <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so you were touring and doing these races I'm just curious how did that come together and what's that look like for you
1: yeah well, it was it was 2019 that everything was feeling really good. Right. <laughs> and like decisions <laughs> decisions were made. Um and life was great. <laughs> no, the world was normal. But, no one wanted yeah. to
0: stab each other on online and it was yeah. Yeah. Was.
1: <laughs> oh. The before, yeah, the before times is what my wife Hannah calls them now i have before heard COVID. a few others reference <laughs> the
0: same thing the before times yeah that, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah we um Hannah and i got married in like june and we in 2019 and we decided like okay we're gonna be a duo we're gonna try and get the most sound we possibly can which is the two of us because scheduling monetarily everything makes more sense just as a duo. So we made, that was the first sacrifice to be like, all right, we're not going to try and build a band for every single show. Like we'll play, we got, you know, members that will play with us for big shows and stuff that we um, contract, but it's like stray local is now the duo. Um, and we also th- were going full time with me, with um, the stray local for the, for the band because we were teaching music lessons before and like Hannah would um, she was singing at like church and stuff. And so there we were like 2019, we're going to finish teaching lessons. We're going to get married and we're going to go play and just try and do it because it was feeling good. Um, And we were runners and we had always, we got, you know, really involved with the running community. We were in Wilmington in North Carolina and um, we did a lot of races. A lot of our running friends would come and support us and you know, come have a community fan base for the running scene. And I was just trying to figure out how we can book shows knowing that venue gigs are really tough. And if you're going to tour, how can you play a bunch of venues, especially on Wednesday night, 10 o'clock, You go to Kansas city, then you go to Denver the next day. And it's like, who's going to go to your show? Why? Like you're going to, we're going to play all these shows and book this tour and feel like we're doing, we're touring and it's like, cool, but we're not making any money and there's, we're not paying. You're actually spending a a ton of money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And all you do is you get an Instagram post about being in Kansas city, you know? (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. And it's, it, it's just like, so I was just contemplating playing at, you know, a lot of breweries. And then on the weekdays, and I said, hey, all these breweries, again, they're community centers, they um, have run clubs, they have meetups, they have all these things all the time because they want people there. They want people there on a Tuesday and they figured it out. They have community events. So all these run clubs all over the country have um, this clientele that are like our target kind of audience there that is 30 some people that we will just go and meet. And since we're runners, it was a double-edged, um, not sword. It was a double-edged, great, um, you know, two birds with one stone kind of thing where yeah. we wanted to get our run in because we want to stay fit, you know, and, being on on the road (laughs) yeah it's not no we're not known for musicians are not known for being healthy (laughs) (laughs) healthy uh you know um so we would i contacted run clubs um and i said hey we're going to be traveling through denver you know or wherever like this wednesday i see you you know at this brewery, you guys have a run club. We'd love to come like run with you guys and we'll play a set of music afterwards just for fun, like hang out people drinking beers, you know, and we'll message the venue or the uh, brewery and say like, Hey, you know, we'll, we're hoping to stick around and maybe people buy some more beer, a couple more beers since we're playing music, maybe, you know, throw us a little bit of money or whatever. And that was our Wednesday night gig, you know, or any time during the week. And then we could, (laughs) it really is so that worked brilliant plan (laughs) yeah so so it was fun Um, and and it and it was it was just great to connect with people and the further we got away from North Carolina the more interesting it was to people just because it was just like oh you traveled all the way from North Carolina to play for us like what yeah (laughs) So, yeah, there, It, it does add
0: that kind of thing where it's like, I know it's like once we start touring, like we, we say we're in Kansas City or we're up in like New York or something, they're just suddenly they think you're like, like hot shit. And we're like, no, seriously, the first time we ever been in New York, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah, but it, yeah. it does add that like level of, of like professionalism, I think to it. But, but I'm serious, like the way that you guys saw this problem, our situation, if you will, and then put the problem solving there in made it financially viable yet also to find a community uh within it that's Mm. cool i i love it and um, like you said staying healthy that's for us that was always kind of a our first two runs out as a band we were eating hardies and doing all the shit that like all the Mm -hmm. things that like is the cliches and we always felt terrible coming back home like oh god yeah and uh we were like we have to change something so after that it's like we would get airbnbs and cook all of our food um you know so we could have like fresh food and all that and like either working out or lifting kettlebells you know all that kind of stuff yeah Uh, you guys like literally merged all of it together like, I love it. And it makes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself in my head. It's like, could I, cause I, right now I'm, I was in endurance sports. I was during COVID. I decided smoking and drinking all the time was a bad idea. And so I got into nice. endurance sports and did like half Ironman ultras. It's awesome. That kind of uh, but I don't have the time for that now because <laughs> yeah. the hours of training, um, you've been there. Oh, I know. Um, but It's like it makes me I love lifting and so it's like, could I just do we do a lot of colleges. It's like could I do like a hey, let's all do this lifting thing together or something. i d I don't know. It just it
1: it makes me ask Yeah, like what does that look like for us? So Totally. And like crossfit stuff, you know, and like Oh god, um, yeah. That's a hell of a community. Yeah. And like um November Project, have you ever heard of the November Project? Um,
0: I I've seen posts. There's one in Kansas City that they're always running mm-hmm. by what we have called the Liberty Memorial, but I don't know much about it. What is that?
1: They do it. I know it because um, they work with Brooks and we're like Brooks Ambassadors now for the, the running shoe oh, company. Oh, running shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they work with Brooks and um, it started, I think, in like Massachusetts, but they just meet up on Wednesdays or whatever day of the week at early morning so it's like people that work out before work Mm. and it's like a we will be here kind of like waffle house like they're always open regardless of what happens (laughs) like the november project people are like whatever happens we will be here at 6 a.m on wednesday or whatever you know they might have multiple workouts during the week or whatever and it was just a community camaraderie you know everybody just wants to be feel like they're a part of something you know and so that's they've done that and now they're in a bunch of different cities and so they're just um they do workouts with mainly just um you know like not weight based stuff like maybe they might they might bring it depending on what kind of gear they have but a lot of it's just Mm -hmm. like calisthenic stuff and then they'll go run and um or do whatever but like a short small circuit um type workout
0: that's amazing is, it's
1: it's pretty cool yeah and so
0: that's happening yeah we never cities now
1: hmm yep i would think one of our yeah one of our friends a lot of the ambassadors on the Brooks team are their November project like uh the city that they're in they're like the coordinator for the November project there's a lot of crossover with with that um and yeah you just have to start your chapter you know in your city or whatever yeah
0: well and mm-hmm. i i love that like merging of worlds cuz the reality is it's like the people who are fans of music um are not necessarily other bands per se like you're not getting other bands to come out to your shows cuz they're out working it's like it's engineers yeah, exactly. it's accountants it's janitors it's it's people all walks of life and then here's a perfect beautiful community where you can connect with people in a real way of all yeah. walks of life instead of just totally. relying on that like artistic community uh we for one of our shows we had partnered with a place called ufk and it's like a kickboxing like mma style yeah. gym owned by two women here in kansas city and that was nice. uh, we we did like uh videos inside their their uh, room, they had all the bags hanging. So it was really cool just to have all the bags hanging around us. Uh, but it was a really fun partnership because it it was like these different worlds colliding. And then they, Mm -hmm. what was cool is like one of our shows, they brought out like damn near their whole school to like our show. And, but, and they were people we knew just from like interacting a lot. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is, is awesome, man. I, I love that. I, I, I don't clip i usually only clip out like two parts of the podcast like their very end questions and share them yeah uh, but that makes me want to like clip this out and just kind of put it out there just as an idea for other bands because god it's, it's totally and i'm sure there's a cringy way people could do it where they're just there to be like handing out their business cards but if like yeah. like if you're healthy like you guys are and like on my my guitarist is on, he's like hell bent to become the healthiest he has ever been in his life. It's amazing to watch. That's cool. Transforming his body (laughs) and his mind and everything. Um, so it's like, if it's an authentic thing, why not? Like, Oh,
1: exactly. And that's the most important thing. It's authenticity, you know, and like, like a lot of musicians that I've talked to, you know, thinking about like a PR campaign or whatever, when you're trying to promote your music, Right. all these people, you want there's so much music out there and it's like you need to connect with people in a way that you can talk to them and not just be like here listen to my stuff you know put my stuff on playlist like me 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 and it's right. just, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody like at a run club if you know we go on a run with them and so we're with we're with somebody for like, you know, 30 minutes on the run or whatever it is. Mm. I don't have to mention my music one bit unless somebody asks if, if the conversation is just about run, like what race are you doing? You know, it's just nice to be able to talk to somebody at a gig that you're trying to promote yourself. And there's Mm. no doubt about that, but it's like, you don't have to just talk about your music and the thing that you're, ultimately trying to build you don't have to talk to them about that and just push be so pushy and you can if it comes up it comes up but you know having a real connection and talking about what they're doing like what are you what is your race and then you know following on Strava you know after the fact and then you keep up with that person and then they're always like oh okay yeah they actually care who I am they don't just are trying to get me to you know buy something from them. You know, and it's takes a lot more work and energy, but like that's what true like connection is, you know,
0: I'm serious, man. It's one of the best ideas I've heard from a band in a while. Like I've heard some great (laughs) stuff, but just because of like the merging of of multiple goals uh, in the authentic connection in a way to tour in a realistic way like it's in and the world's gonna open back up it is it's opening back up so we'll be able to tour soon so (laughs) it's like any band listening it's like what a brilliant idea like what is and and for maybe if someone's like anime like they're super hella into like gaming or something like that and like maybe it's showing up to like a shop you know uh the local shops yeah to know the people there and god there's so many Yeah. I I feel like we could just do another podcast on that idea, man. That's I love it. And and like I said, it's cool to hear just how you guys have found a way to do business in a a real authentic way to you um, to bring value to other people and to make a connection. Because I think you just said it maybe a few sentences ago. It's like there's so much music. Right. And honestly, there's so mm-hmm. much really good music. There's so many great artists and yeah. like production gear is so cheap now. So if you want to mm-hmm. invest just a little like under a thousand dollars and put the time in to really learn the skills, you can put out great music. You guys have great music. I love the vibe you're doing. Um, <laughs> but so what's going to set that apart? You know, what's going to make mm-hmm. people really give a damn about what you're doing? It sounds like you guys are putting yeah. in that work. I love it for you all. For you all as as a creative duo what's your process look like that's i'm always curious when there's couples in art you know because like it's it's one thing when you're in a band and like you can just argue with your drummer and tell him why it's wrong and then he could tell you why it's wrong and whatever but what's your process look like with writing and creating as a couple
1: yeah it's it's morphed and it's definitely um this year has been very, um, dynamic in the way that it's changing and everything. Um, you know, we have with being a couple, there's so many hats that we wear and it does get blurry and it's hard, you know, to change and morph into the role. Um, so, you know, that's what struggles that any, I think couple that, works together will have, you know, and like the biggest arguments we have are definitely always about music choices, you know? So that's the most important thing is just to remember that that's the, we both want the best product, you know? And so that approach is how we can actually put out music and not just never agree on anything, you know, and and just not do anything because it's like stalemate. Um, and I think, this year we've both learned so much about production. Um, and Hannah's become a lot more involved in the actual songwriting, like full process songwriting, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool to see because before when we first started out, she was mainly just a vocalist and I was the guitar player. So I would just kind of and I wrote songs in high school and throughout college. And so I she hadn't done that as much, so she was not. I guess, quite as comfortable with it. Um, so the songs were that kind of dynamic, but now that she she's a piano player and like really getting comfortable with like just structuring chord song, you know, chord structure and like songwriting, she's can create a whole thing just by herself, especially cause she's doing the vocal melodies too. So that was really, that's really been fun. Um, and then like making production and recording decisions. Um, that has been really tough. That's the hardest thing um, that we're just struggling with now because we're not producers or recording engineers. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's tough um, with not having any of the knowledge and not knowing what's right and both of us learning and it you know it's it's tough. Is it tough just because
0: of the pure frustration? Like
1: you hear something, but don't know
0: how to get it.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And just like knowing what we want the thing to sound like, but not knowing how to get that, but then also not knowing, like there's producers you can pay for, there's producers that are really good that you can pay, but then, we've found it's like there's almost like a like you can pay somebody a lot of money who has a reputation for doing this the genre production that you are going for but if it's like they are really well known they don't really care about your product they love getting well not love they get paid and don't really spend the time. They kind of go through the motions because they're, they're really efficient at production and engineering, but then you don't get, it still falls flat. Whereas if, you know, because you're not really talking to them because they don't really, they're not invested in the project, but then, you know, you work with somebody who's your friend who really doesn't understand the genre that you're trying to go for, or might not have the skills that that higher, that next tier level person um, has, but you can actually talk to them and like you have a good relationship with them, but then still the product isn't the quality that you're going for. So that's kind of the struggle that we're at and then trying to do it ourselves, but then being like, well, we don't really know what we're doing. So it's like (laughs) those three options of like do it ourselves and just mess up, do it with somebody we know that doesn't quite understand the genre we're going for. Or right. pay a bunch of money for somebody who understands the genre, but doesn't really care about our project. It's like finding um, a person really spend with the, the skill
0: time sets and, and the passion at the same time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're struggling with now. Is is it us that we just need to mess up and do it? Or is there somebody out there that we can work with? Right.
0: So Yeah. And that that is tough. Like, I love working with producers. Um, I definitely need it. Like, I know enough about Logic to, like, write songs on it and uh yeah. kind of finagle my way, way around. But, like, the yeah. end product, there's no way. Like, for me, my skill sets and where I'm strong at, I just know, like, I'm not going to be able to do what they're going to do. But yeah. there's a lot of producers out there. So it's, like, finding the people you really believe in and and building that trust mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a long process it really is and yeah it be a hard one so
1: <laughs> yeah we use logic too and I like I like logic you know and I like the yeah. interface of it and so it's interesting just learning you know how do you do you use it how do you find producers what do you what avenues do you go through
0: um for me the our we call it like run, run with it 2.0. Uh, so we had like a 1.0 where it was just kind of like, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> then we had a lineup change yeah. and 2.0 is where we kind of knew our goals and started touring. And so our 2.0 era, we, uh, it was a longtime friend who, who started, like he started interning. I met him through another producer that I worked with, with a previous band. Um, and he was interning at the time. Years had gone by, he went to LA, went to Nashville, kind of learned, like, I mean, Learned a bunch of stuff and we started sending tracks and so it was like this slow process and and honestly it was one uh, people who listen to this podcast a lot they have probably heard me tell this story too many times but it, it was it was a, a key story for us because i sent him a song we were really proud of it we thought it was awesome and uh we had this cool time change and the bridge and we're like yes we're such great musicians look at us executing this awesome yeah. thing and, uh, he calls me back like after a few minutes, like just enough time where he probably listened to it. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, man, like one
1: time you spent hours and hours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. And he calls me and, and he's like, he's like, Hey, this part's good. This part's good. And, uh, the thing you're doing in the bridge, I don't understand why you're doing it. And it kills the song. And it, this is why it kills the song. And if you did this thing, it would be better. Like he was very specific. And, uh, and I, I said he was wrong. I was like, I disagree with you. I don't think you're right but I'll try it, we'll try it. And so our next rehearsal, we tried his ideas out and it was like the first time we executed it, we all looked around the room like, okay, he was right. And so it was like, once we could establish like one, he was not just gonna like shit on everything. Like there's some people Mm -hmm. who are just like, oh, this is terrible. Like he was affirming, believed in what we were doing, but he also was gonna tell us when it wasn't right. And like you said, I think, uh, with you and your wife's Hannah, right? Where it's like, yeah. you know, you both want this end goal. So that means we have to have these hard conversations to get there sometimes. Um, but yeah. you want to know that we all believe in it. Um, and then the current producer I'm working with now, so that my that was my friend, Josh Gleave, and he ended up getting a pub, publishing deal uh, when nice. our band was on a break and he's killing it. He he writes for like, uh, are you familiar with Chris Young at all? The It's a country guy. Maybe, uh, yeah. That, he does all sorts of crazy stuff with it and so basically it, cool. it was like the reality like we stay in touch but we there's no way he would have time to work on our stuff so it put me on this new mm-hmm. direction anyways i started listening to different people's recordings and I've, a friend of mine released a song and the production in it her her singing was great her writing was great but the production i was like yeah. who the hell did this and uh, found out he was actually a, a scheduled guest on my podcast. Like he was scheduled two weeks from out and I had connected wow. somewhere else and just didn't put two and two together. Wow. Um, and we just kind of loosely knew each other and that struck up a friendship. It's kind of that similar process where we started sharing yeah. stuff and then we get in the studio, started working. And actually when run with it came together, my band, I was like, "Hey, I'd like you to be part of the band, not just like the producer." Yeah, because I love him that much. Like we and we trust, and he's always calling me up. Hey, do you think about this? Maybe you should think yeah. about that. You know, it's like he's willing to challenge me, but I know we all believe. I t- I talked for a long time on that, but but yeah, it's about that. Trust yeah, no, and totally. And back and forth, it definitely so.
1: is. Yeah, and it's just you know having the um, ability to, as an artist to listen to somebody else and take that feedback because you know you spend so much time on it and are so emotionally invested in it but then it's just that change and you know that's i think what we've learned throughout our process too is like um what person's opinion do we trust to Mm -hmm. want to just you know get the right answer but also listen to somebody who isn't emotionally attached to it and can, you know, really give you some feedback that you might've overlooked, you know, but it's, some artists don't ever get to that point. I think when they can listen to somebody else and get internalized that feedback.
0: Right. Well, and I, and I think that's a critical piece of of life in general, right? Like for me as a dad, I have four boys, and or as a husband, you know, it's like I I do have to have those outside voices who aren't in the heat of it, and they yeah. can maybe bring some bring some fresh perspective that I may have needed. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I yeah. think you apply it the same way to artistry, and yeah, it's be and I like what you said, like opinions you trust, because I think sometimes mm-hmm. people they either go one way or the other, they won't listen to anyone, or they're listening to everyone, like. Every comment, everything, and that's like where we had to figure out like, yes, I want feedback, but I better understand who you are, where you are, what your goals are, what you know, and like all these things now, now I can trust that what you're telling me is some good shit to listen
1: to. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. Totally. And it's just, you know, I think people generally are just so hard like they're so hard headed a lot of times, just with so many things, you know, and like right, you know, if people just would you know, be okay. Really? I think it's accepting criticism. People just don't accept it, you know, because they're offended by it or they take it emotionally personal, like personal or like, it's like, dude, I'm just like, you got to understand you're trying to help the person. Um, But, you know, there are people that aren't trying to help that are just trying, you know, there's, you got to watch out for it, but it's like, you know, you need to, be able to as a person you know work through that in your head and there's so many so many emotions that people everybody deals with but like criticism is one of the most important things when you're trying to grow and like make something better yourself or like your art right. you know it's like you if you can't take that and like internalize it and then like learn from it it's not going to work <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely and, and it's just like you know yeah. you said the hard-headedness like my initial reaction even to Josh who we were already building trust was he told me why it didn't work and I told him I disagree with you <laughs> you know yeah. but it was like my hard-headedness was still there but luckily I don't know if it was just I was old enough at that moment to finally see like I even disagree with him but maybe I should just give it a, give it a shot because I might be wrong yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and I, you know, I think some people like if you you know like Hannah and I we talk about it and it's like with if there's disagreement sometimes you don't don't give your reaction right away Mm. um and think about it for a second because sometimes like initial reaction or like emotional reaction is the first thing that is the response but then it's not really the right one like you said you know you you did do the um do the option that he gave and you worked it out. But, you know, if you were hard headed, you would have just been like, no, you're wrong. And you wouldn't have right. thought that much. You wouldn't have thought about it at the, after that at all, you know, but instead you did and then you did it and you learned from it, exactly. but it's like, you know, taking that out. And it luckily your friend wasn't offended by you saying to him that he's wrong, yeah, he's
0: you know? So skin. it's
1: like both ways. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause it's just like, you know, like we've learned with Hannah and I working together. It's like, just if you are upset by that, what what I said, or if, you know, we need to look at something, you may like the timing of when you bring something up is important. Mm. So like when, like if we're recording on something and if I'm laying down some guitar or she's doing vocals and adding a bunch of harmonies, know like i shouldn't go up there and just like tear it apart when she's in the creative mindset you know and we talked with um an artist esme patterson she's a she's a great um songwriter and um, touring artist and she was like you need to compartmentalize what process you're working on at that moment so like Mm, because we were just getting stifled in like when you're doing your own, you're wearing all the hats for your song. You're the songwriter, you're the recording engineer, you're the producer, you are trying to write this song creatively. And so she said, what we try and do now is like, when we're songwriting, that's one hat. We we aren't going to talk about production. We're not going to give each other hard times about something that isn't related to what we're doing at that moment. And then when, you know, if, if, if she's up there recording harmonies, which she's actually doing right now uh, nice. I'm not going to go up there and tear it up and I'm going to let it sit. And if I have a problem with it, you know, it's like, I can, if I ask her, do you want to hear what I had to say or I'll just internalize it and we can talk about it later. That has helped. Mm. I think, you know, like knowing when to bring something up,
0: that's a, <laughs> That is a great tool. I love that. And it, it makes me wonder how to apply that <clears throat> for even us. So, so our band, we're all very like extremely business oriented and extremely intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I think sometimes we can like step on each other in that way. And so, and, and it, even we were having a conversation about mixing where, like our guitar security to mix, uh, which is kind of this artistic process of like, some people think of it as like more tech technical, but it, it there's a lot of artistry in mixing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you're welcome to be here. And it's like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, <laughs> maybe I should just yeah. like kind of because he may be going for something, but then I'm thinking of some aspect of like, you know, formatting or something that, it's just going to mess up his process. Um, so that's, I love it. Yeah, totally. What, what do you guys see next for you? Like the next year or two, like some of the next steps for you as a band.
1: It's hard. I mean, it's, it's a struggle every day to figure out how to keep it going and everything. And, um, we want to just, we want to put out music and we still don't feel like the music is where we hear it in our heads in, mainly you know we're working definitely on the songwriting you know and lyrics are really tough for us but like getting the production and really being proud of the song would mean a lot to me just in my life <laughs> just being like i am 100% proud of this you know i get i know that never that's never going to happen but i mean like 90 90% proud would be nice <laughs> um and like just being like yes i was going for that and we hit it, and that would feel really good. Um, and then just trying to work on, you know, building up, and probably touring again. But you know, if if live streaming and Twitch, if we can build that up, and you know, if we don't, if we only tour very specifically, um, touring would be nice. You know, ideally, like making money. Obviously, running events are not winter activities especially performing oh, they outside be. they all yeah, yeah i mean i will go they, run, they be rough. I, yeah oh my goodness yeah yeah that's yeah we played out one little side note we when we were in 2019 we the final tour stop all the way west was in california at the spartan race championships in tahoe because nice. i qualified for that And we were like, okay, the only way we can I can actually go is if we just tour and and can afford to get out there by driving and like making money along the way on our tour route. So we yeah. (laughs) So we got all the way out there. And it was it was so funny because we played, we contacted Spartan and like played the day before at the expo center, where like it was at a ski resort thing at the at Lake Tahoe. And then I raced the next day and it was like nice weather the day we performed then it was got down to like 27 and snowed that day of the race. And it was just, it's sucked. It was horrible. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. So I think just performing ideally it would be awesome if we could just do a nice summer tour, a lot of running events, you know, a lot of fun things, in the summer activities, traveling, uh, and then winter time, you know, be in a home recording live streaming, um, and whatnot. So that's the ideal. So we'll see if we can make it happen. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, for the last two questions of the podcast
0: coming out of this idea of live and create, uh, for the first one, uh, right now, how would you define living a great life?
1: Staying healthy, definitely. Um, I think you know, being happy with day to day activities and just having a forward trajectory is is a good life. But just being healthy is the biggest thing, and that's just with being in a pandemic, but also just being healthy with running and fitness and um, relationships and everything. So. That's definitely nice. top. I love it. And then for
0: the last yeah. question, how would you define creating great things right now in your life?
1: It's it's constant pull, like, you know, pulling up on the rope, you know, like climbing a rope. It's tough um, and just wanting to get to the top of not like To the top of the music industry but just the top like where i want to be in satisfaction of my creative like thoughts becoming creative um uh, products that i can be like this is what my is in my head yeah (laughs) You know, finding that 90%, like you said. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just be, you know, finally getting to that point because we've just been, we started out as like a folk band, you know, when all the like Mumford and Sons Lumineers were big. That's when we started our band. And so we were, we were a folk band. We were all, I mean, it's just all these different things. And so we just been soul searching for a long time with our music genre and creative outlets. So, Honing that
0: I, in, <laughs> I, I know that that road. we actually started as a funk soul rock band. <laughs> so we, nice. we had like uh, we were covering th- like Earth wind and fire. Um, and nice. so like if you listen, we're about to re-release our EP and it's all very like, um, you know, Kings of Leon meets Imagine Dragons kind of vibe. where we finally nice. just had to figure out like what what what's forced and what's not. Um, but it, yeah. and even then, we're still, we're, we're writing for 2023 currently and, and talking about the direction for nice. that. We already have everything kind of lined up for 2022. And and it's like now that next iteration, what are we hearing now? Where do you want to go? Like I said, it's a, like the constant pull of, of where we yeah. go next, and which, totally. which is fun. It's the fun of it too. So let everyone oh, know like, yeah. how they can connect with you, uh, connect with your music, and I'm guessing you know how to jump into those live streams, all that kind of stuff too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So live stream, we are on Twitch Mondays at eight, Thursday, uh, 11, 10 AM, um, and live stream Tuesday nights at eight, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and our music, Spotify, Apple music, all that, all the streaming services, um, we have, uh, shows coming up, Uh, But we post about, we're really active on Instagram. So that's where all of our news is first and foremost. So yeah, we got a website, straylocal.com. Very cool.
0: Well, thank you for making the time.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for
0: listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe
1: and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.